0: Thanks for checking out the PowerPlace audio podcast. If you want more resources for your walk with the Lord, you can visit us online at www.thepowerplace.org. You can check us out on YouTube and Facebook at The PowerPlace Church if you want to watch the service online. And if you want to give, you can text any amount to 84321 or visit the church website. Wow. What's God doing? I'm just so glad to be a part of it. Great job, Ryan. That was an amazing update. One correction, uh, there will be no women's group this month. Um, Ladies, take that time to love your families and just prepare for February. Amen. Amen. Love you, guys. Lauren and Paul, praying for you. I know God is sustaining. He's an awesome God. He's doing exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. Amen. This church is praying for you. That's what they need the most. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for those of you who have blessed them in various ways. I've heard from... uh, several college students today that they're going to college today or tomorrow or this week. If, if that's you, I want you just to stand. We want to pray for you before you head out back to the devil's playground. <laughs> In many cases, it is. Um, amen. So if, if you're around these, just, just stretch forth your hand. And, or Maybe you want to lay a hand on their shoulder. Father, we thank you for these students who... Love you who are called according to your purpose. Lord, I thank you that you are going to give them everything that they need, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Let nothing derail them in their faith. Lord, may they be stronger than they've ever been before. I ask you for the holy encounters, godly, holy encounters with you on a daily basis that will give them everything that they need Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for their calling. Whatever you've called them into, Lord, I know you're going to equip them. You're going to give them everything that is necessary for life and godliness. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 Go for it, guys. Proud of you all. I was... uh, reading an NPR news blurb this week. It says, a new rule by the FDA will open the door for more pharmacies to provide abortion pills and remove a patient's requirement for in-person exams to get them. Let me just pause as I read this and let you know, newsflash, our government is corrupt. If you're waiting for the right party to get in government, to change things, it ain't going to happen. This world is not our home. This world is corrupt and its systems are corrupt. We stand for life. The headline goes on but in places with strict anti-abortion bans, pregnant people... Let me read that again. But in places with strict anti-abortion bans, pregnant people may still find it challenging to get their hands on the medication. How far off... Have we gotten? This house will stand for truth on every level. We will not bend to woke agenda. We will not bend to the things of this world. We stand on the truth of God's word. And he said, a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So we stand with God in his word, one man, one woman for life till they die. I don't know if you heard about the ATM that got addicted to money. It's suffered from withdrawals. <laughs> Be careful, okay? We're in the middle of 21 days of fasting and prayers at church. We're fasting through January 22nd. And our core value for the week is health. Daily encounters with the Lord do matter. We prioritize our health by submitting our mind, body, soul, and spirit to the Lord. We honor the Sabbath, we come away before we come apart because we know that health produces health. If you're sick, you can't produce anything else than sickness. But if you're healthy, you reproduce health in others because spirit reproduces spirit. That's why it's important to be healthy in the Lord. And these 21 days of fasting and prayer really need to look different this year for most of us, especially in the light of our health. I, I encourage you to stop social media for three weeks. We're already one weekend. Some of you did last week. You stopped social media. Your phones are thanking you. Your brain is thanking you. Some of you haven't, so you're just looking at me like, well, what, what do you mean? I mean, turn it off. Don't, don't respond. Don't look. Don't, don't scroll. Don't swipe. Come on somebody. You say, well, am am I going to fast social media? No, you're going to stop it and you're going to fast food because food is the big deal. The Hebrew word for fast simply means to cover the mouth. Go ahead and do that. Just and And some of us may need to fast what comes out of our mouth. <laughs> Amen? Amen but but fast from food it's, it's all about food, so this new year, do something you've never done before. see results like you've never seen before. Uh, don't don't and again, I'll, I'll remind you, don't let your medical condition dictate your fast. Just because your medicine says, "Take with food, I'm just telling you God can sustain you through that. Amen. Uh, I've proved it myself. Apparently, I'm still standing. I may not look like much, but I'm still standing. (laughs) And, And some of you have already seen supernatural suddenlies happen in this first week of your fast. You've seen God come in and do something that couldn't have been done any other way. You've watched him work just in this first week. And we got two more weeks to go. How many have seen the supernatural suddenly? Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. That's how God shows up. He shows up suddenly and does things that we cannot dream or imagine. Uh, this, this first week of the fast, our staff and many of you joined us in a Daniel's fast for the first week. We ate fruits and vegetables, nuts. We didn't eat any meat. Um, This second week, starting tomorrow, we're going to be doing a liquid-only fast from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then a Daniel's fast from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. If you have questions on that, you can ask me. Then the third week, we will be doing a liquid-only fast. And when we say liquids... Uh, you can drink juice, V8, coffee, water, please drink a lot of water. Uh, keep yourself hydrated. You can drink broth, proteins, uh, shakes, whatever whatever you want to. but just don 't put a cheeseburger in the blender and call it a liquid, okay <laughs> that 's a liquid. say, so why are we doing this? Well, it's good for you. And it, it, it's going to change some things in your life. And I'm, I'm going to get into that today. I want to talk a little bit about that. Also, uh, this month, uh, we're preparing a, our first fruits offerings, our, our pledges for 2023. I'm, I want to challenge you to offer something sacrificial to the Lord. Uh, sacrificial gifts, many times in Christianized life, God has asked us to give something sacrificially. It costs us a lot. It it feels, in fact, the word for generous means brave gift. It's a brave gift. It's something that, man, we got to have some bravery here in order to accomplish this. And so I would challenge us as a church, if you can't give a lump sum, Say, God, what do you want me to give over the year? What do you, what do you want me to feel every week? And that's what Christy and I do. We, we, we feel it every Every paycheck. We take out a, a portion and, and say, Lord, this is our first fruits offering. And we have seen miraculous results in our life and have watched God work in amazing ways um, if, if you want to make a pledge, make sure you write it on an envelope. Let us know so we can plan that way. Put it in the offering uh, box on your way out. But we're believing God for greater things in 23 than we've ever seen before. You can mark on, on uh, the online giving first fruits as well. So we're believing God, but in our belief, we're sowing seed, sacrificial seed, into a season of supernatural suddenlies. I don't know if you saw the wall when you came in. Apparently not. So you'll see it on your way out. But we we are agreeing together and know that this is what God has placed on our hearts and we're going to see quick miracles quick miracles I would, lo- I would love to tell you some, some stories but I will uh, wait till the end of this and let people t- share their own story in, in my, one of my daily encounters this week uh, the Lord took me to Proverbs chapter 3 Verse 5, this year, I read a different translation every year. This year, I'm reading the Good News Translation, the GNT. Never read it before. It'll be interesting to see uh, how the words come out. Um, Every every year is is different for me, and I I enjoy that. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust. Somebody say trust. 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 It's a big deal. It's a big deal. You ever do a trust fall? you got people behind you, but you don't know that they're really going to catch you or not. You just kind of just, you trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then I, I love how he phrases this next, next uh, line, never rely on what you think you know. Another translation says, lean not on your own understanding, but never rely on what you think you know. Here's the deal. God is so much smarter than you. And he cares so much more about you than you even care about yourself. That's the kind of God we serve. And so he says, don't don't rely on on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do and he will show you the right way. That's what we're trusting as we... As we give our first fruits offering and give that brave gift. And I, I'm asking us to invest bravely in the kingdom of God this year. Set yourself up for the miraculous. As I, as I was preparing this, the, the Lord reminded me of the widow of Zarephath. God said to his prophet Elijah, He said, I'm sending you to Zarephath. I have commanded a widow to take care of you. Elijah shows up and the widow's picking up sticks for her last meal. Last meal. And Elijah says, can you give me a drink of water? She said, look, dude, I got, I got nothing. In fact, I'm getting ready to fix my last meal for me and my son. So just, you know, whatever. And he said, fix some for me first. First. Fix some for me first. How bold! How rude! You're getting ready to do your last meal. Feed me first. And as she obeys the Lord's command to take care of the prophet, okay, God miraculously provides through the entire famine. <laughs> The oil doesn't run out. The flour doesn't run out. It's just a a continual flow, a miraculous flow that couldn't have happened without first obeying what God told her to do through the prophet. So she fed the prophet Elijah first according to the command of the Lord. And she set herself up for miraculous provision from God. Supernatural suddenly has almost always come because of obedience to the Lord's command. I don't know if you know this or not, but obedience is the key to life. You probably haven't heard that before. But we believe that here. I have lived that. I've disobeyed and watched the mess it brings. And I have obeyed and watch the blessing that comes from obedience. It's the key to life. It's the key that keeps you moving in the right direction because we live by the nudge of the Holy Spirit and by the power of God's word. As he leads, we follow. Back in December 1979, anybody alive back then? Y'all remember 1979? 1979? I was in Bible college, and over, over the uh, winter break, I felt led, I say led, I, nudged by the Holy Spirit to go to a SALT conference in Colorado. SALT stood for Student Activist Leadership Training. We were called away for a few days, and, and I went to Colorado with a group. At this conference, they broke us up into small groups. Right now, I'm thinking of Billy and Brit- Brittany right now uh, at the Passion Conference, how you guys met at that extended time away from the Lord. You were in the same small group, and God opened your eyes. Maybe open her eyes. <laughs> you probably already had eyes, but God had to open Benti's eyes. In these loose groups, we would... We would uh, get get on a very deep level with one another. we would ask questions that would open ourselves up and it connected our spirits quickly and and it drove us into the the presence of the Lord and so on the 11 12 hour drive home from Colorado to Wichita, I I was just I was in the passenger seat looking out the window and just talking to the Lord, just spending time in his presence because I was so moved by what happened in that leadership conference. God always takes us through times where he will take us away before we come apart, okay? That's that's one of our our things here. You gotta come away before you come apart. And as as he drew us away, uh, he did something in me and I began to pray and I said, God, who... I'm going back to college. I'm going back to Bible college. And I don't know anybody like I know those people I just spent those few days with. So who who do you want me to get to really know like this back at Central Bible College? And immediately in my head came a name. Christy Colonan. <laughs> like I know her, but... I don't really know her. And and all of a sudden, something clicked in me. We were friends. And so I got back to Bible College after that break, and I'm looking all over campus for her. She's nowhere to be found. And I think, this, this is the day before you had cell phones, you could text people, and some of you don't remember that. It's like, You've always lived with Google. I I feel sorry for you. Your life has been so easy and you don't even know it. I go through the first day of of school, back classes. I don't know if it's the second or third day, but I see her in the hallway. She had gotten uh, snowstormed in on her way back from Pennsylvania to Missouri. And she had been sidetracked and and stayed at some friend's house for a few days. When I saw her, something leaped in my spirit. And I ran down the hall and grabbed her. And she looked at me like, who are you and what are you doing? You remember that? Very unusual. It was not my uh, way of doing things. It was a supernatural suddenly moment. A year and a half later, we were married, beginning our ministry together. We believe that the Lord has nudged us that 2023 is going to be a season of supernatural suddenlies. And already in the first week, we've seen many that have happened already. So I say to you, prepare yourself for what's to come. Obedience is the key to setting you up for those miraculous moments. Look at your neighbor and say, just do what he says. Whatever he says, do it. Uh, let's talk about fasting for a few moments some of you, when we say the word fast, you're like, nope, ain't gonna do it, sorry. Nah, 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 nah. I, I, I don't do that. I learned how to fast from my parents. Our church, growing up, we would fast every Wednesday when I was on staff. Every Wednesday we would not eat until the sun went down. And I believe fasting is a key that unlocks supernatural guidance supernatural direction, supernatural anointing, deliverance, healing, elusive answers. God will unlock elusive answers for you. And fasting also heightens your senses physically and spiritually. You know, if you fast from food, if you walk in somewhere where somebody's got food, you go, whew, wow. And it may not even be that good. But you're you're going, whew, I I could gain some weight just smelling that. Uh, Jesus, he said about the demon-possessed man that the disciples couldn't set free He said, these kinds come out only by prayer and fasting. There's some things in your life that won't change until you begin to fast and pray and get in his presence and get so close to him that that it, it unlocks the miraculous. You need answers. You need miracles in your life. And fasting is the key to that. And I believe fasting isn't optional. It's not an option. I'm going to show you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Jesus said, and and when, when. He didn't say, and if you fast. He said, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. Oh, you're so spiritual. <laughs> oh, I just admire you so much. No, he said, I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they will ever get. It is interesting that he uses the word reward because fasting does bring rewards. He says, verse 17, but but... When you fast, he's presupposing that you will fast because it should be part of a Christian's life. Amen. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Thank you for doing that today. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private In case you're ever wondering, does God know what I'm doing? He knows exactly what, he knows everything you're doing. He knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything, what, what, he sees you fasting and he will reward you. That's a promise from God. So, well, I've never gotten anything when I fasted. I would check your, your uh, motives, first of all, and also your wait time. Because fasting is not a, a immediate... Uh, you're, you're not going to turn God's arm, let me just say that. You're not going to twist his arm and say, you do what I want you to do because I'm not eating. He's a whole lot bigger than you. And wiser, and he knows way more than you know. So this is where trust comes in. There was a corporate fast in the Bible. Esther was part of the kingdom. God had chosen her, put her in a a place of, of position and power. And evil Haman had concocted a plan to annihilate the Jews It was signed into law. They needed a miracle. Esther chapter four, we read the story, verse 13. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment because you're in the palace, you will escape when all of the Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. And I would say to many of you, you're in positions that God has blessed you with. Who knows what kind of decisions you can make in those places for such a time as this. Never negate where God has placed you. You are there for such a time as this. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up, let's go. Let's go. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, verse 15. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susan and fast for me. She knew. We need a miracle here. What do we do? We fast and we pray. She says, do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. So they began to fast in a corporate setting and a miraculous turnaround happened. An entire nation was spared and godly leaders were put in place. Amen. Why do you fast? For reasons such as this. And for me, fasting has always brought about miraculous results in my life. Christy and I were youth pastors, youth and music pastors in, in Wichita, Kansas, at my dad's church, Colonial Heights Assembly of God, Wichita, Kansas. And out of the blue, we got a phone call that said, we'd like you to come to Trinidad and give six months of your life to help a church that, that needs some help. And I said, no, thanks. They said, well, would you just pray about it? Yeah, we'll pray. And so Christy and I started to pray. And then we realized we needed to fast about this. This is a life-changing moment in our lives. And so we began to fast and pray. and. And uh, the question was, do we go or do we stay in our comfort zone? And as we were fasting, God clearly spoke to us through his word, fasting and prayer. What do you do in prayer? You, you talk to the Lord, plus you listen to him through his word. Through his word, he clearly spoke to Christy and I, and, and uh, we knew where we were supposed to go. The problem was they couldn 't pay us, we didn 't have any money. we were new newlyweds and um, we were asking God, what are we going to do and one Wednesday, I was in the the chapel, the youth chapel at uh, the church. We were fasting and praying, I was talking to the lord and i said lord how 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 can this even happen i, I don't even i don 't see any way possible this to happen. And he drew my eyes to the window. In the chapel, there were uh, windows that were huge. They went all the way to the floor. And as I looked out the window, I saw a bird. And the bird's pulling up a worm. And the Lord took me to Matthew chapter six, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Look at it. Would you just look at it? Look at the bird. Have a look at the bird. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of, of one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It was a supernatural suddenly in the middle of a fast where the Lord spoke to me. I'll never forget it. It gave me boldness. It gave me courage. So I told my father we were leaving. He wasn't happy about it. He um, he said, I'm going to have to replace you. I said, that's fine. I said, I, I just got to follow God, no matter what he says. And so we sold everything. We sold all of our furniture, everything we collected in our Couple of years of marriage, year and a half, and uh, sold all of our wedding gifts. Gave away our two dogs. We had two chows back then. It was probably one of the hardest things you ever did. For me, it's like. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I really am. I'm kidding. I love those dogs. No, I am kidding. I love those dogs, those two. I do love our dogs, except Murphy. (laughs) Gave away two dogs um, that we had paid big money for, and uh, sold my, my ring. When I was 18, my parents gave me this diamond ring. I sold it to my dad, who gave it to me. He said, well, if you're going to sell it, he said, I- I'd like to have it. So he bought the ring from me and mm-hmm. gave us enough money with all of our sales to buy a one-way ticket to get to Trinidad. Because we didn't think we'd ever come back. Say goodbye to all of our family and friends. Wouldn't sure that we'd ever step back foot on the United States territory. We, we just didn't know. We were just saying yes to God. Whatever you say, we're going to go. Interesting thing about this ring. Uh, my dad wore it his whole life. He actually chipped the diamond. This, this diamond has a chip in it now. Um, he wore it pretty hard. When he died, I got it back. He didn't give it back to me before he died. (laughs) He kept his promise, I'm buying the ring from you so you can go to Trinidad. And uh, some of you look at me and you see the gold that I wear, you see my big diamond ring. This was a gift from my family when I was 18. This ring right here, we found in my mom and dad's safe after they passed away. This was Doug, my brother's wedding ring, that he never wore because he never got married. That's a long story, and I won't get into it. But I'm privileged to wear my brother's wedding ring. He's in heaven. He didn't. He didn't care about this. That's just pavement to him. But uh, I'm. I'm pleased to uh, wear his. His legacy. This, this is my wedding ring. It's a sliding diamond. I don't care if, if you care or not, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. <laughs> this is 42, 43 years old. I had this for a year before we got married. So 43 years ago, uh, this ring has been through it. The diamond still slides back and forth. Kind of cool. I like playing with it every once in a while. It entertains me. Um, <laughs> had it on my my finger for forty two years because we'll celebrate forty two almost forty two years we'll celebrate forty two in in uh, june uh, amen i just I, I know how people judge i i know i I was at a concert the uh, the guy that was taking the offering for the concert, he was backstage. I was standing next to him. He took his rings off. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, if they see my rings, they're not going to give in the offering. I said, dude, either you got them or you don't. Don't, don't be hiding what you got. Uh, my necklace and my bracelet are a gift from my wife. Almost 30-some years ago, uh, she bought them at the swap meeting in California, Orange County. Some of you have been there um, anyway that that 's my gold, okay? This is all pavement, and I understand what it is. I just everything has an attachment to a memory, but at this point in our life, uh, we sold everything, went to Trinidad, and you've heard some of you have heard my stories i I say the uh, the Lord used this time in our lives to mold and shape us in ways we couldn't even understand at the time. Was some of the darkest, hardest days of our lives. But we knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, because of fasting and prayer, that we were supposed to go. You can do anything in life if you know God has called you to it. I always say we got a, a six-year education in six months. And God did a work in us that today I'm still so grateful for. So I'm talking about fasting. Several years later, uh, we were traveling with Christie's family in a ministry called Home Fire Family Ministries. We went on the road in 1992, uh, the month that... Our daughter Allie was born, and six years into it, I felt like God was doing something in our hearts, and we needed direction for our family. So we began to fast and pray, and God clearly said, go on your own and take your family. And Hollis Family Ministries was birthed, and I watched my children become Uh, gifted in ways that I had never dreamed before. In fact, during one of those periods when I was fasting, I was a little frustrated because I had left a a powerful youth ministry and church where I was able to minister to hundreds of people every week. And, And I was kind of frustrated with the Lord, talking to him and saying, but I don't have, you know, and I can't pour it. And God stopped me and he said, that's your youth group. Pour into them. And so from that time on, it, it became uh, very intentional for me, not just as a parent, but as a, as a leader to, to pour into my children and watch them grow in their ministry abilities. And, and uh, you, as a church... Get the blessing of all those years of preparation with my children. Amen. Say, Pastor, how long is this message? It's really long. So <laughs> buckle up, buttercup. As we were traveling as a family, in the sixth year, God began to stir my heart to plant a church. And I didn't know where, and it really bothered me. And people would find out that we were going to get off the road and plant a church, and they, they would call me and say, come here, come here. And every call just didn't set in my spirit right. All over America, people were calling and saying, come, come here. We will we'll be with you, we'll support you. And then people would say to me, where do you want to live? And I said, well, we, we like the west side of Florida. And we love Southern Cal. We're, we're beach people, and, and we just thoroughly enjoyed that. And yet, um, nothing really opened up in those areas. And so, one day I got a call from the Pennsylvania-Delaware District Ministry Center of the Assemblies of God. And the man said, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but I hear... You're getting off the road and you're going to start a church. I said, you're right. He said, would you pray about a couple of places? I said, absolutely. I'm praying about a lot of stuff right now. He said, pray about, he said, we're we're looking to plant a church in Hershey. And we're looking to plant a church in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. I knew Hershey. Smell of chocolate was in the air. I'd been there. I'd never been to Kennett Square. Didn't really know where it was. He said, pray about it. I said, we'll pray. And so, uh, Christy and I called a fast in our home. We had three days before we had to be at our next place of ministry. And we fasted two days. On the third day, I'm reading my one-year Bible. And if you know how the one-year Bible is laid out, there's Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. In, in some of the uh, one-year Bibles. The one back then was like that. And so I'm reading the one-year Bible and I come to Amos chapter nine, verse 15. And it said, I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I've given them, says the Lord your God. And I just stopped reading. and I said, God, that's what I want. I want my own land. I don't want what somebody else has for me. I just, I want my own land. I just don't know where it's at. Show me. And I picked the Bible back up and started reading again. And it was Revelation chapter three, verse seven. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David? What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I put the Bible down, I went and grabbed the road atlas. Some of you know what that is. Most of you don't. You have the road atlas on your phone now. We didn't have those back then. And so I grabbed the road atlas and got the map of Philadelphia out. And I found Kennett Square. Just on the southwest side of Philadelphia. Something leaped in my spirit. It's okay, God. I hear you. That's where we're going called the family, said, we can eat now. <laughs> they were excited. The next day, we packed up our camper and truck, headed to Fort Myers, Florida, where we were to visit Curt and Debbie Holthus. Before I go there, let me just say this. He said he holds the key of David. I believe the key of David is found in his obedience. Acts chapter thirteen verse twenty two. This used to be on our wall, where you're going to see our new wall. Mark Poor painted it. It took a long time, didn't it? Meticulously wrote Revelation three seven to eight and Acts chapter thirteen verse twenty two. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning God testified concerning David. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's the key to the life of David. That's the key. Obedience is the key to life. I'll say it a million times in this church. Obedience is the key to life. And if you're going to find life and walk in abundant life, You've got to find yourself in a place of obedience doing everything God wants you to do. Yeah. So we said yes to the Lord, and then we went on to Fort Myers, Florida to minister and to see Kurt and Debbie Holthus. Many of you know them. When we got there, Kurt said to me, he said, look, I got a meeting with Pastor Dan Betzer at First Assembly. He said, would you go with me, and then we'll go do some stuff. I said, absolutely. He came out of his meeting and he said, "Dude, Pastor Betzer wants wants you to call him tomorrow because he understands you're getting ready to plant a church." They said, "Here in Cape Coral, we're getting ready to plant a church. That's where you've said you've always wanted to live." He said, "The last church plant we did out of our church, we gave them 250 people and 250 thousand dollars." So he drove me around Cape Coral, showed me everything. Later that day, we went out on the boat. Kurt had a boat and we're going down out out in the Gulf of Mexico. Dolphins are jumping. It's a beautiful day. And he's up there driving. He said, dude, this is what you could have every day of your life. He said, Debbie and I will be a part of your church. God's calling you here. I get a phone call on the boat. I did have a cell phone at this time. Got a call from a friend of mine, Brad Rosenberg, pastoring uh, Tri-County Assembly of God in in Cincinnati. His dad's church, he had just taken over, and he said, Greg, I've been praying, and I feel like God wants you to take over your dad's church in Wichita. He said, there's a generational blessing. There's a a flow that comes through families. And he said, "I, I just really feel like supposed to do that. And I hang up the phone and my head's spinning. I'm like, what in the world is going on? I thought you talked to me just yesterday about the Philadelphia area. I, I know you said that. And yet I've got this, I've got this. What do you want from us? And at that moment we come up on another boat that's in front of us on the left side and on the back of that boat it says Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Bold letters. I, 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 I nudged Christy and the kids and I said, look, look, look. Now Kurt Holtis tells me, he says pretty clear that God's told you not to go there and you just went ahead and went. <laughs> but from that moment on, we never looked back we knew that god had called us here when we drove into kennett square it it was the oddest feeling and i felt it again this morning as i came off of highway 1 as i pulled in it was so home and yet i'd never been there before as as i came down 82 and just looked around. It was as if God said, this is, this is where you're supposed to be. Uh, Kennett Square was not welcoming. They didn't want us here. Everyone I talked to said, we don't need a church. Go away. We don't need another church. No, you can't rent our space. We don't want to rent to a church. And for months, they just kept backing us down, saying, no, 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 you can't meet, can't meet, no, no, no place to meet. And yet we continue to push and and pray and believe God for miracles. And uh, we didn't know how we're going to finance things. We didn't know if anybody would come and join us. But by faith, we put ads in the newspaper. This is our Our old logo before Landon got here. (laughs) Landon shaped us up. Coming soon the power place. We didn't put on there where we were going to meet because we didn't know where we were going to meet. We still were by faith going to open up on Easter Sunday, April 4th, April 11th, 2004. Last week, we put in this ad. Join all of us this Easter Sunday, grand opening celebration, April 11, 2004, 10 a.m., at the Red Clay Room. The Red Clay Room is, is a fire hall here in Kenneth Square, and they said yes to us meeting at their fire hall for three weeks only. So you can come for three weeks. The fourth week, we already got something scheduled, you have to do something else. And we'll see after that. So we, by faith, put it in the newspaper. And 62 people showed up. Now, most of them were family and friends. (laughs) But we had some people from the area that came and showed up. And God began something in 2004 that is still here today. I mean, I was so young back then. I was 46 years old when we started the power place. Look, I had hair that's not white. I had hair. We encountered a lot of opposition Very difficult days, discouragement, sickness, naysayers, demonic attacks. But because of fasting and prayer, we knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that we were called by God to plant here. Nothing could shake our faith. Nothing could could move us out of God's calling. There were witches and warlocks that were fasting against us, okay? Some of you remember those days but I'm here to tell you that they no longer rule here. Those spirits have been broken in this area because of what God has raised up in this house. Hallelujah. Power place is here because of fasting and prayer in obedience to his nudge. And when you obey him, he sets you up for supernatural suddenlies. Yeah. So the red clay room said yes for three weeks. The fourth week we went to Anson B. Nixon Park. We had church in the park. And then the next week they said, come on back, we like you guys. You've been very kind to us. And so we went back and stayed there for the next few months. And then in a in. A few months later, they they cut our rent in half. They asked us if that was okay. I said, let me pray about it. (laughs) Yes, it's okay. Um, Because we were running out of money, and God knew that. They cut our rent in half, and then they blessed us with some chairs for our next space because uh, Nick Palomo, who God blessed us with, uh, what a a gift he was in the beginning of our, our house... He went to work for an accounting firm in uh, town, and they just happened to be a part of the American Legion. And they asked us to rent their basement when they told us they didn't want to rent anything to us in the beginning. It was a former karate studio, many of you remember it. And we remodeled it through many zoning variances and much red tape and opposition. We landed there for a little over five years. Through fasting and prayer, we saw this space open up. And we moved here in 2010. Many of you were a part of that move, that renovation. And you've you've seen the miraculous moments that that have happened through the years. Um, Through my daily encounters, I felt like the Lord gave us another promise about this space. It's first chronicles chapter 17 I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed we were disturbed at the red clay room almost every week we would get calls we we actually got a cease and desist order at one point they said we don't like you people you you got too many kids out on the streets and uh, uh, yeah. and, and god said i'm going to give you a home of your own you'll no longer be disturbed Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning. So here we are today. And the Lord reminds us, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Supernatural suddenlies change everything. How do you prepare for supernatural suddenlies? And I'm going to try to close this. I'm going to try. How do you prepare for supernatural suddenlies? Outright. Obedience. Outright obedience. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated, came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled. with The Holy Spirit began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. I heard a preacher many years ago tell, tell us that God always does you, then he tells you what he's done to you. He's always working in your life. He's doing stuff in you and through you, and then he'll tell you later what he's done in your life. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the whole Eastern mindset as opposed to our our Western understanding. We teach and then you do, right? How many of you remember the Karate Kid? The original? Wax on. Wax off. Wax on. Wax off. Paint the fence. Right? And the kids going, what in the world is going on? I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. I want to be taught karate. And what he doesn't know is, as he's doing, he's being strengthened in certain ways that he couldn't be strengthened any other way. And so when he faces his opposition, his teacher says, wax on. Oh, oh he blocks him. Ah, ah, grasshopper. And... <laughs> Things begin to shift because of outright obedience to what the master teacher had to say to him. And many of us don't understand what God's doing in our lives. And he's saying, wax the car. Wax on. Wax off. I don't get it. I don't understand, but something's happening. And I can trust him because he is the master teacher and he knows exactly what I need. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them, gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, spoke about the kingdom of God, And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father's promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He commanded them. You can't do this in your own strength. I'm giving you a task that you can't carry out by yourself. You're going to need supernatural power. They got off track. They gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons, the dates the Father set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Every time I see a cloudy sky, I say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Break open those clouds. Let's, let's, ah, whoo. Now, here's the deal. Paul the apostle told the Corinthians that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people after his resurrection. Acts tells us there's only 120 there. A bunch of people missed the Holy Spirit outpouring. And how did it happen? Suddenly. Suddenly, in the midst of their obedience, it didn't happen to the other 380. Is that right? Three hundred eighty and one hundred twenty. Not a mathematician, but seems right in my head. <laughs> Only the one hundred twenty who obeyed his command to wait in Jerusalem. Everybody else had business. I got things to do, man. I, I don't know. I don't. I, the Eagles are playing. I, I just got other things that are the boss called and i i got to i got to go i i don't have time for that i i don't have time to wait and yet it's in the outright obedience that he supernaturally suddenly shows up I've seen it in my life. And I look at this and I say every daily decision you make affects your today and your future. Every daily you don't need new year's resolutions you need wise daily decisions you don't need to put a list down of everything you're you're really going to try and do this year you just need to make a wise decision now and in 10 minutes and in an hour you need to make some wise decisions because every decision affects your future it will either set you up or get you out of position I've sadly watched way too many people get out of position for the Lord's blessings. So if we'll stay obedient to the nudge of the Holy Spirit, to his voice and his word, we'll be amazed at where our journey takes us. Stand with me, please. This is a season of supernatural suddenlies, but it's set up by radical, outright obedience to his voice and his word. And I'm crazy enough to believe that we can step in boldly to what he has for us. And I wanna do that. I wonder what kind of impact will your life make as you follow his voice, as you follow his lead, as you obey his nudge, Father, we come to you right now thanking you for all you've done and all you're going to do. Lord, we stand in a season of suddenlies, supernatural suddenlies, things that we couldn't come up with on our own. The power place wasn't a good idea. It was a God idea. So, Lord, we thank you for your ideas that have life. They carry life with them. Lord, I thank you for miracles that have taken place because this house has been established. I thank you, Lord, for lives that have been transformed and changed because we said yes to you. We obeyed the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And we listened to your word and said, we'll do whatever you ask us to do. No matter what it costs, no matter what it looks like. And Lord, I'm crazy enough to believe that there are those in this room that you're calling to a new level of obedience to you. And during this fast, you're sensitizing our spirit and our bodies You're making us aware of what you want to do. We don't want to miss anything. We don't want to become so earthly minded that we miss out on what you have for us. So Lord, I I pray that you would just Speak to us. Speak, Lord, your your servants are listening. What do you want to do? What kind of impact do you want to make through each one of our lives as we say yes to you? And Lord, in the midst of those Obedient moments, you're going to show up suddenly. (laughs) When you show up, everything we need is found in you. Provision, insight, wisdom, discernment, everything we need is found in you. Lord, many of us are trying to go to other places and people and things and trying to grab stuff that that really is of no consequence eternally. Open our eyes to see it's all about you, Lord. That you hold the key to life. You hold the key to life. (laughs) Ah, we surrender we surrender all to you today Lord church would you just lift your hands and you know act of surrender today thanks for checking out the power place audio podcast the power place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily to empower you with his spirit and his word so that you can engage your world here at the power place we believe the Bible from cover to cover And our prayer is that as you listen, the absolute truth of God's word would bring complete freedom to every area of your life.